0: Welcome to These Are The Words, I'm Eric Groon, a little bit of music from Samaya, Serendipity, Shamanic Downtempo, Folktronica. get right into it, shall we? There's a difference between knowing how all this works, he replied, (coughs) and being able to do it. This is from The Secret of Shambhala by James Redfield. Contagion of Awareness. Chapter 5. I must have slept for hours because when I awoke the sun was out and the jeep was pulled off onto a flat area above the road. I stretched then collapsed back into the seat. For a few minutes I I stared out past several mounds of rocks at the gravel highway below us. A nomad leading a horse and small wagon trod by, but otherwise the road was empty. The sky was crystal clear, and from somewhere behind us I could hear a bird's call. I took a breath. Some of the tenseness, some of the tenseness. ...from the day before had eased. Yin slowly, moved, slowly began to move... ...and then sat up... ...glancing over at me with a smile. He stepped out of the jeep and stretched... ...then pulled a camp stove from the back... ...and put on a pan of water for oatmeal and tea. I joined him and again tried to follow him... Through a set of difficult Tai Chi exercises. From behind us, we heard a vehicle racing down the road. We waited behind a rock as the Land Cruiser sped by, both of us recognizing it at the same time. That's the young Hollander, Yin said, running to the Jeep. I grabbed the camp stove and threw it back threw it into the back and hopped into the vehicle as yin was turning around We'll be fortunate to catch him We'll be fortunate to catch him at that speed yin commented as we gave chase We drove over a small hill and down into a narrow valley finally catching a glimpse of the vehicle crushing of the vehicle cruising down the road several hundred yards ahead of us We have to reach out to him with our prayer energy, Yin said. I took a deep breath, visualizing my energy outflowing up the road and into the land cruiser and having an effect on the young man. I I imaged him, I, I think he meant I imagined him, slowing down and stopping. As I sent the image... The vehicle actually sped up, pulling away from us. I was confused. What are you doing, Yin yelled, looking over at me. I'm using my field to make him stop. Don't use your energy that way, Yin said quickly. It has the opposite effect. I looked at him blankly. What do you do? Yin asked. Okay, what do you do? Yin asked when someone tries to manipulate you into doing something. I resist it, I said. That's right, Yin went on. At the unconscious level, the Hollander can feel you trying to tell him what to do. He feels manipulated. And that gives him the sense that whoever is behind him is up to no good, which produces more fear and adds to his determination to flee. All we can do is visualize our energy reaching out and increasing his level of vibration overall. This allows him to more fully overcome the fear and get in touch with his higher self-intuitions, which hopefully will lead lead him to be less afraid of us and to maybe risk a conversation. That's all we can do with our prayer energy. To do anything else is to presume that we know his best life course, but only he knows that. Perhaps it will be that his higher intuition, once we send him enough energy, is to dump us, and get out of the country. We have to be open to that. All that we can do is help him make the decision from the highest possible level of energy. We rounded a curve in the road and the Blue Land Cruiser was nowhere to be seen. Yin slowed down. To our right was a smaller road that seemed to stand out in appearance. That way, I said, pointing. A hundred yards ahead, at the bottom of a small hill, was a wide but shallow tributary. In the middle was the Dutchman's vehicle, racing its engine, spinning its wheels. And spattering mud, but going nowhere, it was stuck. The young man glanced back at us and opened the door, preparing to run. But when he recognized me, he shut the engine off and got out in the knee deep water. As we pulled our Jeep alongside, Yin looked at me closely and I could tell from his expression that he was reminding me to use my energy. I nodded to him. We can help you, I said to the young man. He eyed us suspiciously for a moment, but gradually warmed as Yin and I got out and pushed the fender of the Land Cruiser as he gunned the engine. Its wheels spun for a moment spewing mud against my pants leg. Then it leaped out of the hole and crossed to the other side of the river. We followed in our Jeep. The young man looked at us for a moment, as though deciding whether to drive away, but got out and walked back toward us. As he approached, we introduced ourselves. He told us his name was Jacob. As we spoke, I began to look for the wisest expression I could find on his face. Jacob was shaking his head, still terrified, and spent several minutes finding out who we were and querying us further about his missing friends. Wait a minute. Okay. ''I don't know why I came to Tibet,'' he said finally. ''I always thought it was too dangerous, but my friends wanted me to come with them. I have no idea why I agreed. My God, there were Chinese soldiers everywhere. How did they know we were going to be there?'' ''Did you ask for directions from anyone you didn't know?'' Yin asked. ''He looked hard at us.'' ''I did.'' ''Do you think they told the soldiers?'' Yin nodded, and Jacob seemed to go deeper into panic, looking around in all directions nervously. ''Jacob,'' I asked, ''Jacob,'' I asked, ''I have to know, did you meet Wilson James?'' Jacob still seemed unable to focus, ''How do we know the Chinese aren't right behind us?'' I tried to catch his eye, finally managing to get him to look at me, ''This is important, Jacob. Do you remember seeing Will? He looks Peruvian, but he speaks with an American accent. Jacob still looked confused. Why is this important? We must find a way out of here. As we listened, Jacob made several suggestions about where we might camp until the Chinese left the area, or better yet, how we might make a mad dash across the Himalayas the Himalayas into India. I continued to visualize my energy going into him and to focus on his face, looking for an expression of calmness and wisdom in his features, especially in his eyes. Finally, he began to look at me. Why do you want to find this man, I asked. Why do you want to find this man, he asked. We believe that he needs our help. He is the man who asked me to come to Tibet. He looked at me for a moment, apparently trying to focus. ''Yes,'' he said finally. ''I did meet your friend. He was in the lobby of a hotel in in Lhasa. We were sitting across from each other and started talking about the Chinese occupation. I've been incensed about the Chinese for a long time, and I guess the reason I came here was that I wanted to do something, anything. Will told me he had seen me three times that day at various locations in the hotel,'' and that it meant something. I didn't know what he was talking about. Did he mention a place called Shambhala? I asked. He looked interested. Not exactly. He mentioned something in passing. Something about Tibet not being freed until Shambhala was understood. Something like that. Did he mention a gateway? I don't think so. I can't remember much of the conversation. It was really very brief. What about his destination? Yin asked. Did he mention where he was going? Jacob looked away thinking, then said... Jacob looked away thinking, then said... I think he mentioned a place called Dormar. I think it was. And something else about the... Ruins of an old monastery there. I looked at Yin. I know that place, he said. It's in the far northwest, four or five days travel. It will be rough and cold. The thought of having to travel that far into the wilderness of Tibet sent my energy crashing. Do you want to come with us? Yin asked Jacob. Oh no, he said. I have to get out of here. Are you sure? Yin pressed. The Chinese seem to be very active right now. I can't, Jacob said, looking away. I'm the only one left to contact my government and look out and look for my friends. If I can find a way to get help. Yin scribbled out something on a piece of paper and handed it to Jacob. Find a phone and call this number, Yin said. Mention my name and give them a return number. Once they check you out, they will call and tell you what to do. Yin went to went on to tell Jacob the best way back to Saga. And we walked with him as he made his way back to his land cruiser. Once he had climbed inside, he said, Good luck. I hope you find your friend. I nodded. If you do, he added, then maybe it will turn out that this is why I came to Tibet, huh? so that I could help." He turned and started the, the cruiser, looked at, looked at us one more time, and drove away. Yin and I hurried back to our vehicle, and as we pulled back onto the main road, I noticed he was smiling. "'Do you think you understand the third extension now?' he asked. Think about all that it entails." I looked at him for a moment, pondering his question. The key to this extension, it seemed, was the idea that our fields can boost others, lifting people into a higher awareness where they can tap into their own guiding intuitions. What expanded this idea for me, beyond anything I had heard in Peru, was the concept that our prayer field flows out in front of us and that we can set it to to uplift everyone around us. Even though we we aren't talking to them directly or even seeing their faces. We can do this by visualizing fully that it is happening by expecting it. Of course, one has to be totally non-controlling. One has to be totally non-controlling with this energy. Otherwise, it backfires. As I had seen when I tried to make Jacob stop this vehicle. As I had seen when I had tried... make Jacob stop his vehicle. I mentioned all this to Yin. What you are understanding is the contagious aspect of the human mind, Yin explained. In a sense, we all share minds. Certainly we have control over ourselves and can pull back, cut ourselves off, think independently. But as I said earlier, the prevailing human worldview is always a giant field of belief and expectation. The key to human progress is to have enough people who can beam a higher expectation of love into this human field. This effort allows us to build an even higher level of energy, and to inspire each other toward our greatest potential. Yin seemed to relax for a moment and smiled over at me. The culture of Shambhala, he said, is built around setting such a field. I couldn't help smiling back. This journey was beginning to make sense in a way I couldn't yet articulate. Okay, I'm going to pause on uh, page 109. The Contagion of Awareness, The Secret of Shambhala, uh, in search of the 11th Insight. And I'm going to read from the book of Second Chronicles in the Bible. Uzziah succeeds in war. Uzziah succeeds in war, now he went out and warred against the Philistines, and broke down the wall of Gath, and the wall of Jabna, and the wall of Ashdod, and he built cities in the area of Ashdod, and among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians who lived in Gur Baal and the Mennonites. The Ammonites also gave tribute to Uzziah and his fame extended to the border of Egypt for he became very strong. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate, and at the corner buttress, and fortified them. He built towers in the wilderness, and hewed many cisterns, for he had much livestock, both in the lowland and in the plain. He also had ploughmen and vine dressers in the hill country and the fertile fields, for he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army ready for battle, which entered combat by divisions according to the number of their muster, prepared by J- Jael the scribe and Maaseiah the official, under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's officers. The total number of the heads of the households of valiant warriors was 2600. Under their direction was an elite army of 307,500 who could wage war with great power to help the king against the enemy. Moreover Uzziah prepared for all the army shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows, and sling stones. In Jerusalem he made engines of war invented by skillful men to be on the towers and on the corners for the purpose of shooting arrows and great stones. Hence his fame spread afar, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. He was marvelously helped until he was strong. And I will read this. This is the the part in the chapter twenty six, Second Chronicles, that says Uzziah succeeded at war. He even in, in in the B.C. period, in the in the before Christ period, somewhat three thousand years ago, he built he built weapons that were able to to. Uh, Project arrows far. He built machinery that that were able to shoot arrows from afar. So the next section is called "Pride is Uzziah's Undoing." Pride is Uzziah's undoing, but when he became strong. His heart was so proud that he acted corruptly. And he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, for he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Then Azariah the priest entered after him, and with him eighty priests of the Lord, valiant men. They opposed Uzziah the king and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the son of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful and will have no honor from the Lord God." But Uzziah, with a censer in his hand for burning incense, was enraged. And while he was enraged with the priests, the leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, beside the altar of incense. Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him. And behold, he was leprous on his forehead. And they hurried him out of here, out of there, and he himself also hastened to get out, become to get out, because the Lord had smitten him, had smited him. King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and he lived in a separate house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord, and Jotham. His son was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first to last, the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, was written. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first to last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, was written. Has, has written. So Uzziah slept with with his fathers. So Uzziah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of the grave which belonged to the kings. For they said, He is a leper, and Jotam, his son, became king in his place. Thanks be to God. So it says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus Christ is a high priest our high priest forever, meaning that he is, he is, okay, I'm going to read to you the book of Hebrews chapter 13, the changeless, the changeless Christ, the changeless Christ, let love of the brethren continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners, (coughs) as though in prison with them, and those who are ill treated, since you yourselves also are in the body. Meaning, as long as we're in the body, we are. We, can, we are ill-treated. We are ill-treated by the body, whether we like it or not. Marriage is to be held in honor among all. And the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. God will judge fornicators and adulterers. I don't care what Of Any guru or false guru or false spiritual master, false prophet tells you that fornicating and adultering and sexual sin is okay. God will judge. God will judge us for those sins. So we best repent and turn away and not be full of pride not be full of pride. I'm going to read to you a scripture in a little bit about Paul's encounters with the super apostles. And there are teachers today who claim to be spiritual masters and gurus the same way that these super apostles claimed to be better than the Apostles. Anyone who says they are better than Jesus Christ and they have some ability to deliver you apart from Jesus Christ is a liar and a deceiver. Second Corinthians, let me see, Second Corinthians 12, okay. I'm going to read it to you in a minute. Marriage is to be held in honor among all. And the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, adulterers, God will judge. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money. Being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. That is... The words of Jesus. Those are. This is the promise of Jesus Christ himself. I will never desert you. Nor will I ever forsake you. The one true God says that. That he will never desert you. He will, he will never forsake you. So that we confidently say. Confidently say. Not proud. Confidently. Confidence is what the Lord wants us to have in him trust not pride this this uh, celebration of of uh, self-righteousness and arrogance the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid what will man do to me? What can a man do to me? Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The gospel of Jesus Christ has not changed at all from what is written in the word of God. So anyone who says, Oh, follow what is written in you? If It's not the word of God. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't follow what's in you. I wouldn't follow the word or the the laws of your own making. Everyone wants to be self-empowered, but no one wants to be God-empowered. So, like the days of Elijah, Elijah will come again at the end, and show the difference between those who are self-empowered and those who are empowered by God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Not by foods through which those who were so occupied were not benefited. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. The the priests of the, the Jewish temple used to offer the sacrifice in the temple but take it outside to burn. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So, let us go out to him, outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Bearing his reproach. Reproach. Reproach means um, address someone in such a way as to express disapproval or disappointment. The expression of disapproval or and disappro- uh, disappointment. Disapproval or disappointment. Bearing his reproach. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. For here we do not have a lasting city but we are seeking the city which is to come Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of li- the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name that is the fruit of lips of the lips that give thanks to his name and do not neglect and do not neglect doing good. And do not neglect doing good and sharing. And do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. As they keep watch over your souls as those who who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things, and I urge you all the more to do this so that I may be restored to you the sooner. So that I may be restored to you the sooner. Okay, and someone this morning was trying to argue with me when I made a statement. I said, watch out for false guides and false teachers and false gurus and false spiritual masters and people who really are out to deceive you and they use the truth but in a, a deceptive way and in a, in a way that they con you uh, and they just they, 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 they want you to depend on them and just give them all the attention and praises you know and uh, the guy said to me oh well you know the Lord you know God wants us to have pastors and all that stuff yes it's true the fivefold ministry. It's called the fivefold ministry. Let's look it up real quick. The fivefold ministry. Okay, to sum, the five ministry roles are apostle, prophet, evangelist pastor and teacher. So God grants some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But there are so many so-called apostles, so many so-called prophets or evangelists or pastors and teachers these days, but the majority of them are very self-centered and do not preach the gospel of Christ. If you do not preach the gospel of Christ, of Jesus Christ, and salvation through Jesus Christ, you are not an apostle blessed by God, you're not a prophet, you're not an evangelist, you're not a pastor, you're not a teacher blessed by God. That's all there is to it. If you don't preach, if you don't teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, salvation through Jesus Christ, and only through Jesus Christ... If you preach another kind of gospel, if you preach another kind of salvation, if you preach another kind of deliverance, you are a false teacher and a false prophet and a false apostle. That's as simple as it gets, and the truth of God is very clear-cut, simple, to the point, that's it. It's not gray area, it's not on the fence. It's not lukewarm. It's cold or it's hot. It's, it's, it's black and white and it's absolute. That's just the way it is. So yes, we are to submit. That says obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over your souls. But <laughs> it says obey your leaders. And who are your leaders? Those who lead you in the gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation through Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, as it is written in scriptures, not any other kind of deliverance. And there's many leaders who can do that, and there's many leaders who do do that, and there's many leaders who are anointed by God who are able to do that. Those are the leaders that we're supposed to submit ourselves to, not people who seek only your attention and seek only your praises, and they just... They just want to make you look bad and put you down. It says here, let them do this with joy and not with grief. So it says, as those who will give an account. So the leaders are supposed to be filled with joy and not with grief. So it says says basically, like we submit ourselves to our leaders, you know, and make it a, a... joyful you know make it a joyful thing but if the leaders are putting you down if the leaders are putting you down and calling it purification and calling it uh oh it's just killing your ego i'm killing your ego so i'm responsible to kill your ego no 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 jesus christ did not appoint does not appoint people to kill your ego or to purify you in this kind of insulting and and uh, condescending kind of a way and making fun of you, mocking you. No, 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 that's not of God. That's not God's love. How dare anyone say that that's God's love? Jesus Christ, he, he, we come to repentance because of his kindness, his kindness and his grace, his generosity and his love. So all oh, so-called teachers, they're false teachers have a problem with with those who are truly anointed and blessed telling us that God loves us, telling people that Jesus Christ loves you. You know, and sharing the love of Christ. Of course they have a problem with that because it's not love for their ego. They're the ones who are puffed up and arrogant and pride does come before a fall. And the Lord is long suffering and slow to anger. So the more we fall for that kind of a trap, the false teachers, and the longer we go with them, the more we're stuck in that mud and in that quicksand. And surely we will lead ourselves into destruction and into, uh, into basically the hands of sin. And we're going to be judged. Like I read before, the Lord will judge us. So it says, uh, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge you all the more to do this, so that I may be restored to you the sooner. Yeah, yeah. You know, people... Who say, oh, well, it's not about the mode of goodness, sattva. Sattva means, in Sanskrit, uh, goodness. And then, the next, the, at, the, at the next moment, they say, oh, but I love clarity. I love clarity. Well, guess what? Sattva means clarity. If you love clarity, you love the mode of goodness. The mode of goodness is clarity. And so, no, 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 no. It isn't a distinction, making a distinction between um, heaven and earth. Because Jesus Christ is the Lord over all heaven and earth. So whether you're on earth or whether you're in heaven, you have to be living a life of righteousness. And you can't live a life of righteousness without Without Jesus Christ, without confessing faith in Jesus Christ, okay. So, like this story, the secret of Shambhala is, and when he says, "Oh, if you're trying to force someone else's will, it's not the way to do it because it's going to have an opposite effect. Because someone else will 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 feel that you're forcing them." to do this. This is like what in Hebrews it says, I just read it, surrender yourself or submit yourself to your leaders, not begrudgingly, but in a joyful way. Don't do it in a in an attitude of like uh, you know, you have to you you have to uh feel bad about it. You know, don't don't have a bad attitude to uh like submit yourself to your leaders. Because it's going to have a, an ill effect. It's going to have a, a nasty effect. So I'm going to read to you. Uh, let's see. Understanding. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians 12. 11 through 12. Second Corinthians 12. Second Corinthians 12. 2nd Corinthians 12 11 through 12 I uh, uh yeah a thorn in the flesh okay okay therefore I am well content with weaknesses with insults with distresses with persecutions with difficulties for Christ's sake for when I am weak then I am strong. Okay? So, you know... When... when uh, You know when a leader, a spiritual leader, or a pastor, or anybody, even in the church, is acting like... Uh, a belligerent person. Or they're acting like... Um, Like you can't correct them or you can't talk to them. So they start calling you names and they start getting tough and they start getting rude. You know that that's not of God. That's definitely not of God. It's very, 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 God makes it simple. Very, very simple. Even Paul says, and Paul was able to do miraculous things because of God worked through him. Because God worked through him. So even Paul says, when I am weak, I am strong. So he says, I have become foolish. You yourselves compelled me. Actually, I should have been commended to by you. Actually, I should have been commended by you. For in no respect was I inferior to the most eminent apostles, even though I am a nobody. That's what Paul says. The Most Eminent Apostles. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all perseverance. He says, notice what he says. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all perseverance. By signs and wonders and miracles. That's what he says. If you want to know someone who's an apostle, oh, by signs and wonders and miracles. For in, oh, And also, if you're, if you're not preaching another gospel, you have to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. For in what respect were you treated as inferior to the rest of the churches? For in what respect were you treated as inferior to the rest of the churches, except that I myself did not become a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong," he says. "Forgive me this wrong." Yeah, Paul's a little bit sarcastic here. Okay, but at the same time, he's saying, "Forgive me this wrong." He's being sincere, actually true too. He's being—he's not just totally being sarcastic. He's being sincere because they—they they had a—they had a gripe against him because he says, "For in what respect were you treated as inferior to the rest of the churches, except?" That I myself did not become a burden to you. Forgive me this wrong. Like he's saying that I didn't make myself a burden to you. So they had a gripe for him uh, because I guess uh, they they the churches did not see enough of him, and they they and you know they wanted him to see more of him. You know they wanted him to be more of a burden here for this third time i am ready to come to you and i will not be a burden to you for i do not seek what is yours but you for i do not seek what is yours but you for children are not responsible to save up for their parents but parents for their children he says i'm not looking for donations he's like i'm not looking for your 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 material goods I'm not looking for donations I'm the one who should be giving to you that's that's the attitude of Paul of a real apostle I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls if I love you more am I to be loved less but be that as it may I did not burden you myself nevertheless crafty fellow that I am I took you in by deceit certainly I have not taken advantage of you through any of those whom I have sent to you have I I'll read that again I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls if I love you more am I to be loved less but be that as it may I did not burden you myself. Nevertheless, crafty fellow that I am, I took you in by deceit. Certainly, I have not taken advantage of you through any of those whom I have sent to you. Have I? Now he's saying, he's saying, oh, I, I never sent anyone. Uh, uh, I never sent anyone who to uh, uh, over to you who was going to deceive you or take advantage of you or exploit you. I urged Titus to go, and I sent the brother with him. Titus did not take any any advantage of you, did he? Did we not conduct ourselves in the same spirit and walk in the same steps? See uh eleven twenty-two to twenty-three. Let's see. Eleven okay. Eleven twenty-two to twenty-three. Second Corinthians eleven twenty-two to twenty-three. To my shame, I must say that we have been weak by comparison. But in whatever respect anyone else is bold, I speak in foolishness. I am just as bold myself. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as it as if I speak as if insane. I more so. I more so. (laughs) In in. Far more labors in far more imprisonments, beaten times without beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A, and a night and a day I have spent in the deep. If I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. Uh, I'm running out of... uh, But he goes on, uh, let's see... I can't find it right here. Super Apostle, 11.22. 11.5, uh, okay. for I consider myself not in the least inferior to the most eminent apostles. But if I am unskilled in speech, yet I am not so in knowledge. In fact, in every way we have made this evident to you in all things. Okay, Paul's sarcastic way of referring to the false apostles who had infiltrated the Corinthian church and were in reality not apostles at all except in their own arrogantly inflated opinion of themselves so it is that false teachers go on and on and on about how great they are and call themselves spiritual masters and then put you down and call it purification when that's not being purified at all. Because they don't teach the truth. They don't teach the truth about Jesus Christ. They don't teach the truth about the Holy Spirit. They don't teach the truth about prayer. Even in this book, I don't totally agree with it 100%. But in this book, in this book, uh, you cannot force anything spiritual onto another person. You can only pray for them. Even in this book it says you could only pray for them. And and then have the intention and expectation to send this loving kindness to to their prayer field. To them so that they can make the best decision. So allowing God to be God and not taking the place of God. Not try to control. It says don't try to control. It doesn't mean, it just means mean give up the, the, the controlling, the idea that we have to control others. We have to pray and offer it up to God and allow God to be God. So he's the one who's the controller, not us. But many people take that truth some people take that truth, and they just do the exact opposite with that truth. And indeed, they are the ones who are trying to control you. <laughs> and they try to spin that truth so to benefit themselves, but it is really of no benefit to them at all to try to control other people, and to try to and out of deceit and lying just. It's like, if, if it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. It's a lie, man. You know, you're being deceived. That's the way it is. So, God bless you guys. I uh, hope this finds you well. Wishing you well. And have a great day.